0: Welcome to Momentum Church. (laughs) Correction, it's not a onesie. A footie. I I kept telling people that were asking that I was preaching in a onesie, and then I remembered what a onesie was. That's definitely not what I'm preaching in. Praise the Lord. Everybody can say amen. Amen. Yeah, so my name is Brantley Johnson. For those of you who are new or new to our online audience, and I am the executive pastor here at Momentum Church. So. So we've been in this sermon series called Lame, and today, let me tell you, we're we're going to be doing some like uh, spiritual circuit training because I'm going to be all over the place. Um, if you've ever done circuit training before, you know that we're going to do an exercise over here, something over here, something over there, and it's going to tie together and make one awesome spiritual workout this morning. Um, and so, yeah, we're in this series called Lame, which the idea is, is that we are encountering all kinds of different spiritual people that have a problem walking spiritually. Um, and if you couldn't guess... Today we're talking about babies, because babies can't walk. (laughs) They can't walk. Yeah, so I've got three children, uh, and they've all made it past the baby phase, thank the Lord. And, uh, you know, I I actually had a friend of ours, uh, friends of ours come over, Blake and Courtney White, if you're watching online with us today. What's up? How you doing? Um, And they came over to our house a few months ago before they had uh, their baby, Owen, and he asks, he asks a lot of great questions. He asks philosophical questions. He's, a, he's, he's like a deep thinker and loves to just hash things out with me. And apparently, the night that they came over, or the afternoon they came over, whatever it was, I was not in the philosophical mode, I guess. Like, I took everything super literal. And he asked me, uh, as they're preparing to have their first child, he says, Brantley, you know, I'm just curious, like, what he thought I was going to go at all? having a baby. And I didn't go the direction that he thought I was going to go at all. I said, well, I was terrified that they would choke and die. And then I just looked at him, and that was definitely not what he was expecting. He was, like, thinking, like, you know, socio-economical issues or, you know, different rights issues. How are you going to navigate different conversations or whatever? And, and I was just, I, like, at that point with every child that we had, the only thing that I was concerned about was can we get them to live to the next day? <laughs> If we can get them past baby phase, we will be all right. Like, <laughs> I just don't want them to die. And, and, but that's, that's the spiritual reality that we have to face as Christ followers, is that we have baby Christians, brand new Christians, who will not make it to the next level in faith because we have let them down and we have let them die. Happy Fourth of July weekend, everybody. (laughs) But this is the spiritual reality that we have to face. And, And here's the thing about babies, right? So babies, they can't walk. They can't do anything for themselves, right? I mean, they just lay there. And they don't even speak English. And they're just, they're waiting for for us, as whoever is around, you know, the, the parents or caretakers, you know, uh, they're waiting for us to give them what they want or need. And we have, to, we have to decipher the different cries and the different screams. And it's like, use your words. But they don't, right? And, and so they are 100% dependent on us to bring them what we think that they want or need. But there is a moment, praise the Lord, whenever they start walking. And some of you, you dread that moment whenever they start walking, but let me tell you, life gets better when they start walking because I'm just, if, if you're not a parent yet, I'm just going to warn you, the first like six months of their life is really boring as a parent. It's just really boring. I mean, it's like, oh yeah, you're cute, you know, but then that's about all that you can say. Like, okay. And that's, that's really it. So whenever they start walking, things become interesting. And, you know, my three children, Malachi is my youngest. He's six, almost seven at this point. But uh, whenever he was around two, um, I, I was I was at work one day, and Hannah was at home with our three kids, and she goes upstairs to go grab something. The kids are downstairs, and Gabriel comes outright tell you what's going on. And he was like six at the time. And don't you love it how kids never just outright tell you what's going on, they always have to speak cryptically. Yeah. <laughs> so he, he comes running upstairs, hey, mommy, you might wanna come downstairs. All right, you wanna give me a little bit more detail as to what's happening? Yeah, Malachi's probably doing something that he ought not to be doing. Okay, what does that mean? Like, Is he about to break himself or something? Or what's, what's going on? Well, he's pouring himself a cup of coffee That's, that's my youngest. <laughs> so Malachi, a little less than two-year-old self, has gone into the dining room, which is right next to the kitchen. He, he grabs a, a dining room chair, and he starts to push it all the way across the kitchen to the kitchen counter. Then he climbs up on it, grabs the pot of coffee that, praise God, was off, but it still had some coffee in it and he grabs a mug, and he starts to pour himself his own cup of coffee. He's like, I am tired of waiting around for you fools. Give me some coffee. <laughs> now look, here's, here's where some of the, here's where some of the, the spiritual circuit comes in. Let's, let's go up to the screen here. I'm going to read a couple of scriptures here, and then we're going to get back into that story about Malachi. So check this out. Hebrews thirteen seven. It says, remember those who led you who spoke the word of God to you and considering the results of their conduct imitate their faith. Go to the next one for me. Proverbs 13:20. He who walks with wise men will be wise. That's why he was drinking coffee. <laughs> but the companion of fools will suffer harm. 1 Timothy 4:12. Let no one look down on your youthfulness, but rather in speech, conduct, love, faith, and purity Show yourself as an example of those who believe. Show yourself as an example. First Corinthians 11, 1 Corinthians 11.1. Be imitators of me. Then, as I was driving into the of Christ. Now, here's the thing. So, I, I was, I was going to go there, but then, as I was driving in today, uh, man, God just dropped another scripture on me. And, and it's, it's vitally important, I believe, because it's talking about uh, this idea of imitating those who were before you. So let's, I, I'm going to go to Matthew. You don't have to go there. It's not going to be on the screen. Matthew chapter 1. Now, here's what's interesting. So Matthew is tracing the lineage of Jesus, but it's not through Mary. It's through Joseph. Now, if we can remember, right, Joseph kind of didn't really have any part in creating baby Jesus. Okay? But Mary did. But this doesn't track the lineage of Mary, which would be interesting because Jesus is supposed to be from the bloodline of David, which, if you go to the book of Luke, you'll see where Mary is of the bloodline of King David. But why does Matthew focus on Joseph's bloodline, which Joseph didn't really contribute to Jesus' blood? Here's why. So check this out. So Jacob was the father of Joseph the husband of Mary. Notice it doesn't say like, that he contributed to this, right, to, to, to Jesus. But he was the father uh, uh, to Jesus, the husband of Mary, by whom Jesus was born, who is called the Messiah. Now, if we go up to verse 11, we can see where uh, the lineage is traced back to Jeconiah and his brothers at the time of deportation to Babylon. Now, why is that important? It's important because God told uh, Jeconiah, in Jeremiah 22, I know this is, it's, it's a lot, but it's going to piece together. Everybody turn to your neighbor and just say, he's going, he's going somewhere. Turn to your other neighbor and say, chill out, he's going somewhere. Okay, so here's the thing. Jeremiah in, verse, uh, in chapter 22, he curses Jeconiah. And he says, look, Jeconiah, I know you're from the bloodline of David, but there's not going to be another king from your bloodline after you. So now it has to be cut off. And guess what, that's where Joseph comes from. So Joseph is not connected to Jesus through bloodline. Why is this important? Matthew, the whole book of Matthew is talking about Jesus as the king of kings. And do you know how a, a king learned how to be king? He learned from his dad. And so we have this we have this lineage of kings. Whether it's it's good or bad, it doesn't matter. One king would teach the next king, which would teach the next king. And so Matthew focused all about Jesus's kingmanship. Comes along and he says it's important for us to follow the lineage of Joseph. Even though it has nothing to do, is who did even though it has nothing to do with the prophecy. What is important about this is who did Jesus learn to be king from. He learned how to be king from a man who is in the bloodline of kings. This baby needed a parent to teach him how to be king. Needed a, a parent to show him how to rule as a king on this earth. And little Malachi, my son, One day, I don't know what's going on in his little less than two-year-old mind, but at some point he says, look, I've seen mommy and daddy. I've seen king and queen. Every single day that they get up, they go over and they grab that pot of brown stuff, they pour them a cup, and they get jacked for the day. (laughs) And I've been sitting here for too long wanting some of what they have And they don't seem to be understanding that I want and need that in my life. And since they won't bring it to me, I figured out that I got a couple of good legs that'll take that chair and start pushing it across the kitchen, and I'm going to climb up, and I'm going to get me some of what I want. And that's the moment whenever he stopped being a baby. But that's, that's our spiritual lives, y'all. That's our spiritual lives. See, let, let's take a look at a few different uh, uh, places that you might find yourself on your spiritual journey. Okay, We're going to start out with the spiritual babies. And can we all agree, there is nothing wrong with spiritual babies. Nothing wrong at all. I, I hear, I, I've heard some, some people like, oh, well, they're a baby. Like, okay, you don't understand. Like, you don't get it. Uh, everybody is a baby to start with. Everybody. That's just part of it. Nobody looks down on babies like, stupid baby, you can't even move. <laughs> right? You have to wait on me to give you everything. No, like people are like, cool, it's a baby. We can teach them. We can give them stuff. We can take care of them. Right? And that baby loves you for it. Right? But the, the, the end result of a baby is not that they stay a baby. Can we agree on that? Yep. And so... You might find yourself as the spiritual baby right now. You're brand new to Christianity. That, that, that would mean that maybe you don't necessarily know how to pray yet. That's cool. You don't know how to pray yet. You don't know how to pray yet for yourself. Like You don't know how to take authority over your life. You don't know yet how to start Uh, speaking prophetically the things that you want in this life, the things that you feel like God has put in your life, you don't understand yet how to partner in the creation of your future. You don't know necessarily how to worship yet. You don't know how to uh, start reading your Bible yet. Dude, that's, that's okay. That's where you're supposed to be as a spiritual baby, right? And, and you're dependent on somebody else or other people around you to help give you the things that you need. And where you don't know how to pray, they're coming along and they're praying for you and with you, right? And, and so you start to pick that up. Why? Because it's just like, it's just like parents in the real world your kids just start to do the things that you do. They want the things that you want. It's the same kind of thing. Whenever, whenever they go into worship and, and, and a spiritual baby doesn't know parents, around, that's what they're gonna do. They're gonna look around and they're gonna look to all the spiritual parents around them and say, what am I supposed to be doing? Right? And then they want what you have. So as a spiritual baby, I, I want to first reassure you If you find that you're a spiritual baby, there is nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. And you could be in this uh, position. This is where it gets a little bit weird in Christianity because you could be a spiritual baby for maybe a year. You could be a spiritual baby for maybe like two weeks, depending on where you want. And and here's kind of my definition for no longer being a spiritual baby. It's not that you have it all figured out. It's not that you achieve some kind of level. The the difference between a spiritual baby and what should be everybody else is the fact that they realize, I've got legs, I can go get what I want. Once they figure out, I can go get what I want, now all of a sudden they stop being a baby because they're like, no, I don't need need to wait on you to bring me what I I want or need. I'm just going to go get it. And so whenever they, whenever they get to that point where they say, I I don't need to wait around for somebody else to give it to me anymore, I can go find it for myself. Now, all of a sudden in in scripture, it would be called a mature Christian, which even that seems weird to me, right? Because we like to say that we're mature Christians. A, A lot of people like to say that. Let me rephrase that. A lot of people like to say they're mature Christians, right? They don't do the baby stuff anymore. So, but I'd like to say maybe you're a spiritual parent, You're a spiritual parent, because if you're not a baby, we don't have like different phases where you move like through toddler and preschooler and kindergartner. We don't have all of that. What we have is we have going from baby to parent, and that doesn't mean that you have it all figured out. Any parents in here? No, I ain't got it all figured out. We do not have it all figured out. That's why you let them play in the kitchen. Like, we just don't have it all figured out right there in the moment. Then we realize afterwards, we're like, oh, wow, that was a really bad decision, you know? I shouldn't have made him run wind sprints when he was five, Um, right? So we don't have it all figured out. But Christianity, at least in America, has this, it's this weird sense that you're either a, a baby, you're somewhere in the middle, or you're a leader. And if you're somewhere in the middle then you have no business helping anybody else. But in reality, if we look at non-Christian standards, if you look at non-Christian research, only three percent of the world population are natural leaders, three percent. So if we as Christians can figure out how to take the, the majority, and then we remove all are now responsible for raising these babies then we remove the idea that you have to be perfect and we just say, hey, you know what I've done that, that you haven't done yet? I've said I want it and I'm going to go get it. And I want to teach you how to go get it. We don't have it all figured out, right? Right? but I can see that you've been stuck in addiction and you really want Jesus to deliver you out of that addiction, guess what? I don't know how to, to, to fix my finances in line with Jesus, but I do know how to walk with Jesus through an addiction to where I'm completely delivered. So I can help you with that. And and so you have this person who, who says, I can help you get through addiction with Jesus and actually have life change. But then you have another person who's like, I don't know anything about how to get through addiction, but I do know how to get through finances and line them up. I do know what it's like to be broke and eating out of dumpsters, but then align my heart and align my finances with God. And now all of a sudden I'm walking in blessing and prosperity that I never even thought was possible. And I can help you do that. I don't always have a, 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 a gauge on my temper. I can't help you control your anger, but I can help you with your finances. And whenever all of the majority start to work together and take on the responsibility that I don't have it all figured out, but what I do have in Jesus I can give to you and I can help you start going from being a baby on your bottom to a man on his legs and you can go get what you want. Jesus does not sell false hope, and I'm tired of selling false hope. Because whenever we choose not to walk on our good legs, that's all we're buying into is false hope. It is time for the Christians in the room. It doesn't matter this room, the Christians in the room of God, in the throne room of God. If you have been called by his name, you have received salvation. You have stepped into his throne room. And now it's time for the Christians in the room to say, I'm tired of waiting on somebody else. I'm going to go get it. And whenever you start saying, I'm going to go get it. I see what they have. I see the experience they have. I, I, see, the, the, I see the way that they worship, and I don't, I don't understand worship yet. But if they've got it in every area of your life, you, and it doesn't matter what it is, in every area of your life, you just say, man, I've got some good spiritual legs now. And I didn't know before, but I know that I have the capability of going and getting what I want from God, going and getting what I want spiritually, what I need spiritually. And whenever you do that, all of a sudden you become this spiritual parent that can help other people not be babies anymore and not die by the side of the road. Let's move on to a third category. There shouldn't be a third category, but there is. And and this is going to be the part that hurts, okay? This is the part that hurts. But here's, here's here's what I need you to do. Every single person in the room, every single person online, I need you to just pray, Jesus, if any part of this is me, reveal it to me and then help me fix it, okay? This is not condemnation, but sometimes you do have to be aware of what's going on. This third category are the people who have good legs, but they're choosing to act like babies. And they're like, I'm just waiting around for somebody to bring me friends. That I'm just waiting around for someone to bring me a spiritual parent to help me. I'm just waiting around for, for the right uh, scripture to drop out of the sky. Or I'm waiting around for somebody else to pray for me because, you know, I've never really been that good at prayer. So, here's the thing. How how do you know if you're acting like a baby? Here's just a few things that you could check. One, if you only worship on Sundays when you show up to whatever church you go to. If that's the only time you worship, you might be a spiritual baby. And I I know I feel like I'm Jeff Foxworthy up here, but... You might be a spiritual baby if even when you show up on Sundays, you still don't worship. You might be acting like a spiritual baby. You might be acting like a spiritual baby if you rarely read your Bible. If you rarely read your Bible, here's the thing, before I was a pastor, if I were to create an Excel spreadsheet, because most of y'all know that I'd do something like that. (laughs) If I was to create an Excel spreadsheet and track how many days out of the week I read my Bible, it'd probably average out to about six and a half days, right, ain't nobody perfect. But a majority of the time, I'm going to read something out of my Bible. Even if it's just a few verses, I'm going to read something. That's what you should be doing. And if you're not, you might be acting like a spiritual baby. Last one for you, okay? Last one, I promise. Doesn't matter if you go to this church, any other church. If people around here in a group say, Man, there aren't any people around here in a group that I feel like is right for me and you don't immediately follow that up with, so I'm going to start one, you might be a spiritual baby. Because we've got to remove this idea that everybody has to be this perfect spiritual leader in order to affect somebody else's life. You know what's common about all three of these? All three of these uh, different uh, characteristics, if you will, positions All three of these want more. All three want more out of their spirituality. So it's not a lack of desire, right? For the baby, it's the inability to move forward yet. It's the inability because they don't know what to do next. They don't know how to go get it next, right? For the mature Christian or the spiritual parent, they have the ability and they choose to go get what they want. And they say, look, I don't... I've been struggling with spiritual authority, and I know, you know what, Gary, I know you know spiritual authority. I want to learn a little bit from you. Would you mind telling me a little bit about spiritual authority, you know? Todd, you know, I, I, I don't know that much uh, about, uh, you know, doctrinal theology, but I know that you understand some of those deeper concepts, and I'd like to know more about that. I want that for my life. Could, could you teach me some of that? I'm going to go and I'm going to start finding where I need to go next. I'm going to go get it because I want more. And then the last one, these people who are acting like babies, and it may only be that you're acting like a baby in one area of your life. Okay, that's possible too. But the people in this category, they also want more, but they just don't want to go get it themselves. And unfortunately a lot of babies find those people first. And so as a result, we've created babies that stay babies, and guess who are easy to kill off? The babies. So how do we help, How, how how do we help babies start to walk? Babies, if you're in here, this is how you start. Start with your first person. Find somebody who is a spiritual parent in the sense of what we just talked about, okay? It could be your best friend who just got saved two weeks ago. But here's how you figure it out. Here's how you figure it out. If they are changing their life to reflect Jesus. Two week journey. If they are actively changing their life to reflect Jesus. And that could be just a two week journey. But that's all that you need to learn how to do right now. You just need to learn how to get up on your legs and start walking. And then, then once you start walking, then you can go get the rest of it. Just learn, learn from somebody who says, I can teach you how to walk. I may not be able to teach you how to, to walk down financially or, or walk through addiction. I may not be able to teach you uh, how, to, how to walk in being a great uh, uh, spouse. But I can teach you how to walk in this area. And if you can figure out how to walk here, then you can start to figure out how to walk in other places. And you can start finding other people. you got to find that spiritual parent. But if you find that person who's been saved for a really long time, and all they say is, man, they should be doing this differently. They should be doing that differently. Man, the church should be doing this for us. And I don't understand why the church does that. If that's what you're hearing out of their mouth, you need to flee and go find somebody else. I'm not saying they're a bad person, I'm just saying they're not gonna help you walk. If you find that you are the spiritual parent in here, how do you help them walk? You gotta give them something they want. And and I'm not saying that you're giving it to them, I'm saying that you've gotta be the example of what they want you've got to be the example to get out and go change your life because here's the thing here's a good indicator for you if you are a spiritual parent in here if you if your life is the same as it was five years ago you probably aren't a spiritual parent because whenever you walk with Jesus you cannot help but change your life it's impossible and maybe you went through a season where you went through a lot of change and you were really reflecting Jesus and you were going after the things of God, but now you find where your life hasn't really changed at all in the last few years, then maybe you've, you've reverted and you've started acting a little bit like a baby. But I'm telling you, acting like a baby is not going to get a baby to walk. Acting like a baby is not going to bring strength to that baby's legs you've got to have something inside of you where where you're worshiping and you've got an experience with God on a consistent basis where you're praying, where you take spiritual authority over things. And maybe it's like, look, I've never prayed for somebody for healing before, but come here. We're going to figure it out together. We're going to walk on these legs because I know that I can go get it. And so you start commanding healing and commanding healing. And then one day, somebody all of a sudden says, I've got this pain in my knee and now it's gone because you just prayed for me in Jesus' name. And then that baby's going wait a second I could do that I'm gonna go get it and he starts to say look I've had this addiction I've had I've had alcoholism in my life for the past 23 years and I haven't had to know I haven't known how to deal with it I've been a, a Christian for a while and I'm tired of sitting around waiting for the world to give me the next fix for my alcoholism whenever I know that Jesus in his word has promised to deliver me out of this I know that he has promised to set me free from these chains and if I have not experienced being set free from the chains then I have not been getting off of my behind and walking and go getting the promises that God has for me and walking in the freedom and deliverance that he has for me so now today is my day and and baby christian i know you haven't seen that from me recently but god is real jesus is real and you're about to watch it happen while i watch it happen in my own life and i'm gonna go get my freedom right now you watch and then whenever you go and get your freedom whenever your life is changed for the better whenever your family is changed all of a sudden that baby says i want what you got and they get up off of their legs and they say, I'm gonna go get it. It doesn't happen if we just sell false hope, y'all. If your life is not changing, don't be surprised when no one wants to be like you. We have to line our steps up with Jesus. And whenever we do that, I promise, I don't care what you've thought about Jesus in the past. When you line your steps up with Jesus, it will be a supernatural experience in your life that will not be uh, uh, tested by any man or woman on this planet. Nobody's going to be able to overturn your argument for saying, I once was lost, but now I'm found. I once was blind, but now I see. They will not take that away from you. We serve a very real God, and it's time that we act like it. Let's pray. Dear God, I thank you so much for today, Lord. somebody here, I, I believe in this room right now that feels like your heart has been wounded for a long time and you just had the band-aid over top of it, hoping that it goes away, hoping that it goes away. And you feel like I just ripped the band-aid right off and you're bleeding again. And you want healing for that. You want healing for your heart. There's somebody here right now. I, you want healing for your heart because you, you need it to stop hurting. You need it to stop bleeding. I'm going to tell you something. This later in your life for, for the, the majority of you, but for that one person. I need you to understand right now, if you can see that hurt, if you can see that heart, the Holy Spirit is an oil. It's supposed to to soothe. It's supposed to heal. And that Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit wants to come into your heart right now and mend that broken heart. He wants to, He wants to put that back together. He wants to sew your heart back together. He is the ultimate healer. And, and where you thought that it was damaged and that it just wouldn't go away, but you kept hoping and hoping and hoping. Well, in Jesus' name, the Holy Spirit wants to come in and do a miraculous work in your heart. All you have to do is receive it. Baby Christians, whether you're in here or whether you're online with us today, I want to pray a blessing over you. And if you wouldn't mind just taking your hands, if you're a baby Christian in here, there's nothing to be ashamed of. I want you to put your hands on your legs. Put them on your legs. Dear God, in the name of Jesus, I pray for the baby Christians, God. Lord, I pray for an anointing of strength over their legs, God. I pray for desire over their minds, God. Lord, that you would put in them the desires that they're supposed to have. Lord, and that they would want it, God, that they would hunger for it, God, and that they would get tired of waiting around for somebody to give it to them, God, but that you have something supernatural that you want to give to them. And God, I just pray that that desire burns like a fire, God, to the point where they have to stand up and they have to go after it. And I pray for the the spiritual parents, Lord. Help us to be the examples that we're supposed to be, God. Help us to to not settle for less, God. Help us to not settle for uh, stagnation, God. Lord, but help us to continue to burn uh, with with a hunger uh, uh, for your spirit, God, to show up uh, for the deeper things of of, of your uh, spirit, God, the, the deeper things of your kingdom, God, and that we don't want just knowledge, God, but we want action, God, that we are here on this earth to fulfill a purpose, and that purpose is not just to know more, but it's to do more in your name, God, and to accomplish your will here on this earth, God, and that whenever we do that, God, I, I pray, Lord, for an excitement, God. A passion God Lord that, that the babies would be able to, to look at us and say man they found purpose for their life God and I know that you have a purpose for my life and I want what they have Lord and, and, and Lord that it would just be this combination moment where their legs uh, strengthen God and we celebrate around them as they go and get the things that you have for them God and we go and get the things that you have for us Lord and that we love you God your will not our own God Lord, we love you, God, so much. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us for this week's message. For more information, please check out www.momentumchurch.tv.